Welcome, Wildcats, to the Weaver State Weekly Football Game Day Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I am your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have Dustin Chapman. Chappie, haven't seen you in a week. Missed you on Monday night. Good to have you back, man. Matt, stoked to be back. We have games to talk about. That's great. We got games to talk about. Football is back. And then uh, we've got, I think, first appearance this season, the Signpost's own Emily Miller. Is it not? For football, it's my first. That's right. Uh, did she, if you if you were if you've been listening in season three, Emily did appear for the the hockey um, episode that we did where we interviewed those dudes. Uh, super fun, by the way. You should go check them out. Like we said, but uh, but yeah, guys, let's talk about football today. So on today's show, we're gonna re- do a short recap of the Western Oregon game. Give our panel an opportunity to kind of give their takes because they haven't been able to do that yet. And then we're gonna preview today's game against the Utah State Aggies. Uh, the Wildcats take the trip up to Logan to play the Aggies, um, you know, FBS FCS matchup. And then we're going to take a fly around the sky, talk a little bit about what's going on in the big sky conference this weekend. Uh, before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weber state weekly. We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Twitter, one of the best places to interact with us, especially on game day. And then you can go to and you can go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly if you really, really care about us and become a patron and support the work we're doing. That also gets you access to our exclusive fan game day chat on Slack where we uh, that's where we give some I don't know, guys, we say we give some takes in there. I'd say we give some takes in there for sure. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's the uh, it's the less for consumption takes, you know, the, the hotter <laughs> takes for sure. Yeah, less public takes in there for sure. But uh, become a patron and you get access to that. And then, um, well, I always want to throw out a thank you to our patrons who have already subscribed. Thank you to you for helping us keep the lights on here at Weber State Weekly. Try and grow our fan base so that we can encourage more folks to get out to Stewart Stadium or the Purple Palace or Club Swenson or whatever and build the fan base as best we can. So thank you to our patrons for helping us do that so all right guys let's uh let's talk a little bit give you guys an opportunity to kind of digest and share your takes about the western oregon game now that it's been about a week um let's start with what you liked um chappy i want to go with you man what did you like about what you saw on thursday night last week i liked our defense defense was solid yeah they they look reloaded they look confident they looked Ready to play, um, maybe a little too ready. The one thing they need to clean up is, you know, a few stupid penalties. But I loved our defense; they they looked solid. Yeah, yeah, a lot of penalties um, on on Thursday night, and so it's like, okay, okay, we got to work on that. But overall, I I like the effort. Emily, what about you? What'd you like about the game against Western Oregon? Um, I mean, like Chappie, I, who didn't like the defense? I, like he said, there's things to clean up on, but I think we left that game as well as we could, you know, going against that team. I think all we really needed to do was figure some things out, work out some kinks. And I think that's what they did. Offense still has a little bit to work on, but I just like watching them play. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, we all, Last game day show, we had kind of high expectations for the offense and they didn't quite get there in, the, in, the, in that game. But I think that as time goes on, we're going to see that maybe Western Oregon is a better opponent than we initially thought. I mean, they're, they're, that quarterback, they're, he was pretty uh, pretty good. I'm trying to remember what his name was. It was like, uh, it was like something Winker. Gannon Winker is the kid's name. Uh, we were like, oh, sophomore, kid's not going to be much. 
he was something. And they had uh, they had that guy out there, that six six wide receiver as well. And so they had some things cooking. But um, I, yeah, if there was a team that we maybe wanted to struggle on offense against, it would have been Western Oregon. It's already done. We won, but right. hopefully we don't see that this week. Yeah, I'd like to see some improvement. So let's flip the coin then, guys. Um, what did you not like about Thursday night's game against Western Oregon? Jappy? Special teams. Special teams struggled. Surprising, uh, right? Yeah, that is very surprising considering, you know, Jay Hill's hand in the special teams. Um, kicking game was okay. He did make a couple of, you know, we did make a couple of field goals after we missed that 49 yarder. I get that. I'm not going to go about 49 yards, yeah, though. Like, no, no, he, that was good. But but just the punt, punt game specifically was not great. Um, punt return, however, was good. Hayes Hadley looked good. I second coming of Rashid Shahid <laughs> the year after Rashid graduates. Hayes looked good and put us in a good position a lot of the time. But special teams was the, just put a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because it's 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 I don't want to say it's easy. It's when special teams screws up, like it's it's easily noticed. It, it affects the game in a huge way. It's it's like the forgotten aspect of the game that when they screw up, it really screws things up. Yeah. Um... I think also Chappie's praise is coming for Hayes largely because he's a fellow Fremont Silverwolf. Um, I think that that should be noted. <laughs> any, 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 anybody with the last name of Hadley has to live somewhere between Far West and Hooper. Maybe in a way, like it's, it's, it's in the rules. Yeah. No, but actually Hayes was really great. He had a lot of really good returns on those punts. And so, I mean, you know, flashes of, I think, a really good season for him on special teams. Emily, what about you? What did you not like about the game against Western Oregon? Um, I mean, I'm not trying to be too hard, but I did not like the offense. I know we're still working things out, but I think there's a lot that needs to be worked out. And like I said, if there was a team we wanted to struggle against, it was probably Western Oregon. But um, I hope, hopefully, all we can do is go up from here after that week. But I think there's something to be worked out. So I think we talked a little bit about this on the Monday night show. Um, I've had kind of a week now to think about the offense, right? Because that was that was definitely a theme in the instant reaction show that we did. And of course, on Monday night. And so I'm like, ah, oh, you got to get more nuanced. Though. We can't just say the offense. And so what I was thinking is like, what about the offense didn't I like? And honestly, for me, it's just the passing game. They just aren't quite in sync yet, right? Like, I think that they only passed for like 165 yards. That's really not acceptable, right? For as long as Barron played. Um, so we got to get on the same page. But I think that part of that too is execution. We talked about that in the instant reaction about how it just seems like execution was lacking a little bit. And so the more reps they get and the more time, I think the offense and especially the passing game comes along because there are opportunities. We talked about the play calling looks great. You know, coach mental seems really creative in the things that he wants to do. It's just getting the guys on the field to do the things that he wants to do. I think as time goes on, those things will come. The offense is probably going to be a work in progress all season, but like the running game looked great, right? Running game looked fine. And we knew that that was going to be the case. We saw some passes to tight ends that looked good. Some passes to tight ends that didn't look so good. But um, if the passing game can come along and the Wildcats can start to average 250, 300 yards a game and, and start getting some touchdowns through the air. It's going to be a dangerous team, folks. Yeah, I mean, running always seems like our safest bet. Passing, 
doesn't seem like anything's really changed. And I feel like when we're talking about offense and what it lacks, it's generally passing. Yeah. Josh Davis did look healthy and hungry. That's maybe the best sign for Weber State for the rest of the year. Um, I, I'm not going to discount Bronson yet, the quarterback. He, it's a new offense. You know, he's been. In, I'm hopeful that he'll put things together. Yeah, and like I said, I think the accuracy and the, and the getting on the same page in those plays, it's going to come. Uh, I think that Barron knows that he's got to be more accurate. He's a D1 quarterback. He knows that. You know, his offensive coordinator, his quarterback's coach is a former quarterback. He knows that. He's talking to him about it. So it is what it is, right? Um, so MVP for Western Oregon, I want to give you guys opportunity. I've already said who mine was, and we interviewed him. What about you, MVP for this game? Um, I'll go with Hayes Hadley. I think those are some big shoes to fill, and I don't know of anybody else who I'd want doing that. I think he really delivered, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Yeah, we did a write-up for an Aggies blog today as a as a as a group for Weber State Weekly, and um, talking a bit about filling the shoes of Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid is the only Wildcat ever to be a four-time All-American. So huge shoes to fill, right? Chappie, what about you? Your MVP for Thursday night's game against the Western Oregon Bulls. Uh, my MVP was our guy Shad Pulsifer. Uh, looked good. Huh? Looked really good for his first, you know, first game not at a at a JC, uh, first D one game. We call it. He looked really good. He was all over the place. Led the team in tackles. Good performance by a very large man. Very large man. Good to see him performing on the ends. You know, we were curious to see how he'd been because he hadn't exactly had uh, a lot of run. You know, had, had some in- injury issues down at Snow College, but looks like he's in top form. I want to give I've already said who my MVP is but I do want to give like an honorable mention and to me that honorable mention should go to Nassim Coleman or Colvin Nassim, he was so good especially in that first half of just like getting to the line and shutting things down on the edge you know just like just totally crashing those lanes man just he was phenomenal at it and you could tell he was everywhere and the announcers were calling his name all night man like Tony Parks is up there and Riley Jensen are just like, oh, it's Nassim Coleman again. Like, he's just he's just crushing. And so, honorable mention to him, man, because he looks good and he's, he did a great job. I've got one more honorable mention if we're going to go that route, too. Uh, it was good to Zeke Birch. Zeke Birch was great. He called her all over the field. Uh, we wanted to see what young guys kind of came in and stepped up. And there's one right there. We got one. Yeah, the sophomore stepped up big time on the defensive line. Uh, had some big plays and some TFLs, so good to see that. All right, guys, unless you don't have anything else to say about Western Oregon, let's move on to today's matchup. The Wildcats, uh, they'll take the trip up to Logan. Like we said, this is a money game facing the Utah State Aggies. Um, I was um, so digging into this, this matchup, guys, I... You know, if you get on the, the Weber State website, they always usually give you some sort of a, a history between the two schools. And so the history between Weber State and Utah State is uh, is a long one. But the thing that surprised me the most was that the Wildcats have only beaten the Aggies one time in 1978. Aside from that, there's a whole lot of L's. 
And so I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts because, I mean, the Aggies are coming off of a, a season where they were the Mountain West Conference champions. They won their bowl game. I mean, is this year going to be different? Is this is business as usual. Like, take the money, make sure the check clears don't get hurt. Come back to Ogden, get ready for Utah Tech. How do you see this one? I go ahead. <laughs> your, your first point is the most important point, or your, excuse me, your last one, which is you make sure the check clears and then nobody gets hurt. That's the most important game. Um, you know, in this situation, it's not like basketball where it feels like we have a legitimate shot to beat all the in-state schools if the if the stars align and the team is good enough. Look, we're we're playing a division lower than the rest of the state schools, the big state schools here along the Wasatch Front. So that is the most important priority. And not a vision lower, level lower. A a split in the division of whatever it's so dumb. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, that is absolutely the most important thing. But from a from a larger level, yeah, you want to beat the Aggies. There's a lot of connections. There's I don't know if it's a buck fangs, but there's there's a lot of connections between Utah State and Weber State, you know, starting with our last athletic director, who's now at State, and who yeah. took, took a bunch of guys with him over the over the next year <laughs> when he left. Um, so there's there's a lot of connections there, but more than that, you know, geographically and and with Weber State being an upper tier FCS school, and of course Utah State's good this year, but there are recruiting battles. You know, like Weber does get in recruiting battles occasionally with for local kids with Utah State. You know, a lot of a lot of Ogden kids think they need to move away from home, and they their move away from home is to go to Logan. Go figure. You know, instead of staying home, like there are there, there there are recruiting battles that to be won against Utah State, and so a good showing here is is to me is more important than it is to have a good showing against somebody like Utah. What do you think? I mean, one thing I was really looking at at the start of this week was just think about their schedules. Like Montana, or not Montana, although um, Utah State just came off beating the best school in the nation. And now they're bumping, I don't want to say down, but they're going to go ahead and play an FCS school. And Weaver just played a D2 school and is now bumping up to play an FBS school. Um, I mean, it's kind of an interesting layout of schedules just to start but honestly I think there's a I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I would be surprised if we were one I mean of the FBS schools in Utah I would definitely say we're gonna have the fairest fight against Utah State but if we lose we lose let's just make sure the check clears like you guys said but I mean it's an in-state school why not just have fun like that's how I look at it I don't have too many thoughts but I'd love to see Weber walk away with a win in Logan especially in Logan I, I will say this. I, th- I think the players, you know, Ty McPherson kind of said this when we interviewed him a couple weeks ago. Like, I think they, especially the in-state guys, I think they, they loved the FBS games, but I, I think they really get motivated for the in-state FBS games because, you know, a lot of those guys probably saw themselves playing ball somewhere like Utah State, you know, and or BYU or Utah and ended up at Weber State. So I don't think there's a lack of motivation on any of the on the part of any of the Weber State players. No, it's a fair point, right? Like, um, I think any number of our guys could have played at a place like Logan, uh, but they're here in Ogden. And so, 
it's a it's a, a an interesting game and one that's important I think for the in-state guys. Um, like we said, the record all time is one and fourteen. Wildcats have won just one game against the Aggies. The Aggies though have not taken a trip to Ogden since nineteen eighty. That's the last time the Aggies came to the stadium. So at the time, I'm sure it was probably Wildcats Stadium. So interesting. We'll see what happens. But uh, let's talk a little bit because, Emily, you, you talked a little bit about this. Um, the Aggies just took the trip to Tuscaloosa to play one of the best teams in the country. I think probably everyone on this panel can agree that it's probably a lock for the college football playoff in Alabama. Um, but they also, the week before that, had played against UConn, which is a team that is more, I think, on Weber's level. I can't remember if, if UConn is FBS or if they're FCS. Uh, they are FBS. Yeah, they are. They, they, just they should. They, it's been it's been it's been years now, but they oh. they're playing. They're, they they basically got kicked out and left for nothing. So they're an independent school. Oh, that stays. Right. They, they they got that's the old Big East. When the Big East went bye bye, UConn was kind of left out in the cold. Yeah. So I mean, an FBS opponent in UConn, but I think a, probably a better indicator of where the Aggies are at because the Aggies going to Tuscaloosa and playing Alabama, probably not a true indicator of the potential for this team. But let's talk a little bit about the 2021 team to kind of give us uh, a little bit of background on who the Aggies are if you don't follow closely. So the Aggies defense was really something interesting last year. They held opponents to 24.4 points a game. Um, but they also, you know, going through their roster, I noticed they lost at least 13 seniors last season. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of seniors on the defensive side of the ball. So with that much turnover, I mean, how do you like the Wildcats chances against this defense? Because like we said, a lot has changed on the defensive side of the ball for the Aggies. It's a good opportunity. I mean, it's, they, they lost a lot of guys. They, they were not great. I mean, UConn, UConn dominated that game on the ground if you watched it. So <laughs> they, we'll talk about that. <laughs> they, 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 UConn dominated on the ground. And so I'm sure that's going to be a focus. Uh, Weaver happens to be pretty good on the ground. Uh, so it's, it, it's a good opportunity. I think strength matches up against, against weakness here in that case. So hopefully it'll be good for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're... A lot, a lot of people are picking Utah State to do well, to win the Mountain West, whatever. They lost a lot of guys. I don't know if I can pick them to win the Mountain West this year, but I mean, I, I, I'm not going to look past them with the success that they had, you know, very recently. Well, and, and Blake Anderson is a, you know, he's, he's, he's a good, really good coach. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a, he's not a long-term guy in Logan, you know, I mean, he's, he, he's, he's there to take his next step and, um, so he's a great coach. He's done phenomenal things there. Never discount that. So Emily, thoughts on this Aggies defense? Um, like we said, a lot of turnover. Um, it's got to have an impact. I got to. I got to think that, right? I mean, yep. I mean, we'd always assume. Yeah, I mean, we'd always assume that's going to have an impact. And if it does, I'd love to see Weaver go in there and take advantage of it. I mean, I know you said we're going to talk about it later, but if we're gonna like we're good on the ground, and if that if we can use that against them, by all means. Yeah, so let's um let's go to um before we talk about the ground game. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna let's 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 do it now. Let's just talk about the ground game because I mean UConn ran for 245 yards on that Aggie defense, man. Um 
like you said, Chappie, the Wildcats love to run the ball. We've talked in the early parts of this season about how this this running back room is stacked for the Wildcats. Josh Davis is healthy. You know, we're, they're spreading the ball around. Damon Bankston got some opportunities. We saw some Dante McMillan. Uh, we saw some Chris Jackson, the battering ram when they needed him in short yardage situations. Uh, there are a lot of options and we even, and then we even saw some of the, you know, the, the sophomores and, uh, and others get their opportunities on Thursday night last week. So with that being the case, do you expect coach mental to be a little bit more heavy in that way? Or do you think he tries to, he's talked about balance does he try to continue to balance the pass with the run because he wants to get the pass going, but knows that the run is going to probably be the strength in this game? I mean, we can only hope, or I'm sorry, did you ask Chappie or is that was, go that ahead. Just no, 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 go, go <laughs> ahead. What, tell me what you think. I mean, I'm not going to put it past coach. Like we all know he's watching he's all he's watching you know tape and if we can use the ground in our running game against the Aggies it would be a shame not to so I would assume uh I would assume we'd be using that obviously more but maybe in a in a game that doesn't necessarily matter as much he does want to you know use some of the passing game we can only see but I can't see us not using our running game yeah we're, we're gonna try to run the ball until they stop us and then and then we're going to we're going to get creative on the pass. I mean, that's it, the most improvement comes from week one to week two. We're, we're still going to pass the ball. Um, Coach Mental's offense, you know, just by nature of being an FBS school, Weber State's going to be a little bit outsized. Coach Mental's offense plays to that strength because it's all about finding weaknesses and finding holes, finding spots where you're, you've got man coverage, two, three step drops. Pat quick passes. Yeah, it's, we're going to, we're going to try to run as much as we can. The, the one, one big note for me, um, Josh Davis traditionally has, you know, he's, he's undersized for lack of a better way of saying it. That's, you know, that's, that's why he's not at an FBS school. Um, he does tend to struggle a little bit when he's playing up, right? Like he, he, he tends to get, get pinned down a little bit more getting through the line when there's bigger guys there. So uh, I'm interested to see how he performs here. I'm interested to see how he plays in this game. Yeah, it is interesting because I think that Josh Davis likes, I mean, you guys can let me know what you think here, but I think that when Josh Davis is at his best, he's getting around those edges and just going for it. Like, I don't think that he necessarily is great between the tackles. That depending on you know the play, he can be very good. But man, when he's out there on the edge, oh man, he is so tough because he's just slippery, right? He's tough to tackle. And when you can get him out there in space, especially in like one-on-one -on -one matchups, I mean, yeah, I like Josh Davis in those situations. But I think happy against FBS teams, it is difficult to get out there because guys are a little bit faster. It's tougher to get out there on those edges. You know, they see those kind of plays. They know what Josh Davis does well. And so they're going to do their best to mitigate that. But that's where the strength of having a deep running back room comes in, right? Where it's like, yes, we want to see Josh Davis succeed because I don't feel that we got the full, I don't think we got the full effect of Josh Davis uh, against Western Oregon. You know, like looking at the numbers, he only had 56, well, 53 net yards on 11 carries. I mean, that's not like awesome, 
but I think that he's still, you know, like working through some stuff. And so if he gets opportunities on those edges, he can really be something, but go ahead. Um, I mean, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I honestly, I mean, we've, it's a, it's a pretty familiar question asked or not even question statement saying Josh Davis is healthy or even a question. Is he healthy? I wouldn't mind not seeing Josh Davis even appear this week if it means keeping him healthy for, in my opinion, more more important games. Like if he notoriously can get hurt easier against these bigger teams, like we've mentioned, I honestly would prefer not to see him this week and like keep him healthy. But he does do well. I think this might be more of a Chris Jackson game. I think this might be more of like Ewu last year. I what agree. do you guys think of that? <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see, like, this is like a I can see Chris Jackson, Jackson game. Yep, that's exactly it. So as I said, Dante McMillan, Chris Jackson, maybe they're the one-two punch. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that, that kind of like power football up the gut because, I mean, I didn't watch the UConn game, so I don't know exactly how UConn was getting those yards. But... If, if that's the case and like if they're able to to get those through the tackles like i mean that's that's what they were doing situation yeah that's exactly what yukon was doing yeah well i want to also talk i mean we've talked a lot about the running game about that matchup and that's fine but um we have to talk about senior quarterback Logan Bonner because I mean, this dude passed for 3,600 plus yards last season. He led the Aggies to a mountain West conference championship. Um, he won the MVP in that game, you know, then took them on to win a bowl game. Like he's, he's good, right? Like he is a very experienced quarterback who has in recent years, you know, especially last year had some pretty good success. Like I, I would love a Weber state quarterback to pass for 3,600 yards, right? That'd be, that'd be excellent. I would, I would love to return to those days. So, but the thing that I noticed about him is he's not terribly mobile. He doesn't scramble a lot. And so how do you think that the Wildcats make him uncomfortable? Because it's clear he's fine standing there in the pocket and he had a lot of really good receivers. And we're going to talk about that in a second last year, a lot of turnover though. A lot of those guys were experienced seniors who are now gone. And so he's going to have to find new targets. How do we make him uncomfortable? Yeah. So Logan Bonner is an interesting case. I've watched him play a few times. It's pressure does get to him a little bit, but a senior quarterback and for, for Wildcat fans who don't know, uh, Blake Anderson came to Utah state from Arkansas state where he was the coach. Amazingly, Logan Bonner happened to be Blake Anderson's quarterback at Arkansas state. So transfer to Logan <laughs> and, and, and ended up in Logan as well, just by chance. So you, 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 a senior quarterback that has been with Blake Anderson since 2017, he's pretty tailor made for, for the offense, right? And he's going to put up yards. It's, uh, Blake Anderson's offense is, is phenomenal. They, 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 they do pass for a lot of yards. Um, Logan Bonner is going to be at the height of his college manhood, I guess, as a senior. <laughs> in, like in a, a graduate system. senior. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and yes, that's exactly right. And so he's going to be good. Um, but pressure does get to him a little bit. He will scramble out. He will make a throw. But if Weber State can get some pressure in there, uh, mix it up with some blitzes, you know, that, that is a way to, to get to him. I don't know, Emily. What's, what's your take? 
Um, I mean, honestly, I'm not too familiar with him, but from like what you said and what Chappie said, if he can get uncomfortable, we're just going to have to catch that when it does happen and take advantage of it. I mean, what else can you say? If he's, if he's, if he's well with passing, we're just going to have to figure it out as it comes. So I think the X factor for making him uncomfortable, we saw what the defensive line can do last week. I have confidence in them. I think that they can maybe try and get to him a little bit. He's not, like I said, terribly mobile. Doesn't run a lot. Doesn't scramble a lot. That's not what he likes to do. So there's opportunities for the defense to get at him. Secondary is good. You know, we saw what Maxwell Anderson, we saw what Eddie, we know what Eddie Heckard can do. You know, we've seen what Stephen Colvin can do. You know, he can hang back. I think the difference in this, in figuring out how we're going to get at Logan Bonner is the backers. The backers have to be the ones who either drop back and, you know, keep the middle of the field relatively closed. So it puts pressure on the receivers to get open in that tough secondary and let the defense do the work. Or if it's going to be blitz and you're going to bring the backers, they have to find ways to get at him because I think if they can get through into the backfield, they're probably going to be able to get after him. Um, But yeah, man, I think that that's going to be the X factor for getting Logan Bonner on company. It has to come from the back. Yeah, it, it is. And the, and the thing to keep in mind here for Weber State fans, this is um, this is probably going to be quarterback Weber State faces this year. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, and maybe the combination of the best individual player, but also within the best scheme, right? Meaning he, he's played in this scheme for a long time. You know, like this is going to be a potent offense and it's going to be a very, very, very good test for what we all consider to be a very, very, very good defensive secondary. So, um, it, it, you know, whether they run circles around us or whether our guys step up or somewhere in between, it's going to be a good test for us going forward, going into big sky play eventually to, to just to, to have faced this test. It, it's, it's a great test. Um, so, you know, on the flip side of that, um, we know Bonner can throw. We know that he's very, very good. He's been, like you said, chappy in this system. Probably the best quarterback the Wildcats will see. I was going to say maybe the other best guy you're going to see this this season is probably the kid that transferred from San Diego State up to Montana. He's going yeah. to be pretty good. But, but that kid, Chappie, that's, that's a new system. And that, Yes, and that kid was a starter at SDSU last year in Utah State. Crushed him. Crush them in the, in the Mountain West Conference. In the Mountain West title, yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a good offense. And, and you, I mean, UConn got up 14 points quick, and, and, and Utah State was, was back like that. Like, it, it's it's geared to doubt. If, if Weber can can make it a shootout, that's, they will play that, and that, that's going to be fun if, if that happens. Yeah, the interesting thing about that is that, you know, like you said, UConn got out to a 14-0 lead in the first quarter. The Aggies pretty much made their they made their bread in the second quarter. They scored 24 points, and that was I think they only scored one more time. They scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and that was it. That's all they scored. And so, and at that point, it wasn't super close, but also they didn't blow them out of the water either. You know what I mean? And so I think there are opportunities. And I think that here is the interesting thing. So five of the top six targets for Bonner last season have either graduated or they transferred. So right now, as it sits, they just have, you know, one. And then then there's another guy that we can talk about here in just a second who really, you know, is making the difference for them. 
And so with that many key targets gone, does that give the secondary an advantage? Because we know the experience and how well coached the secondary is for the, for the Wildcats. Do they like that matchup better? Does that give, you know, the backers and the defensive line a little bit more time to get at Bonner? Because if they can, it's going to be interesting. Or does it create, you know, turnover issues because a lot of young guys, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Well, the thing that worries me about that is that the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the kid that kind of was good for Western Oregon last week, guess where he played collegially? <laughs> he played at Utah State for three years. Yep. So transferred down to the tra- tra- transferred down. That's right. Transferred down. Uh, he, he crushed it. Crushed it against Weaver. Kid was good. He was the best player on the field for Western Oregon. Um, so again, I you know we're going to have a whole fleet of that guy on tonight, and so it, it's going to be a great test. I mean, if there if there is a weakness that you want with a passing quarterback, it is your receivers, and they did graduate a lot of guys. Um, our our secondary is going to be tested and. Frankly, I'm very excited to see how how it goes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's nothing better I feel like we can use against a team than their inexperience. And I feel like that is going to be our biggest, like that's going to be a big shot for us to take advantage of right there. If we can, if we can deliver. And so a couple of names that I think you're going to hear is you're going to hear the name Calvin Tyler a bunch on Saturday. He's, he's a grad senior. He had, he had, you know, the, he was the most productive against UConn. Um, I think that he's going to be a key target. And then you're also going to hear a lot about um, Robert Briggs, who is a freshman, but also has a, a pretty good amount of receiving yards already in this young season. And so what that tells me is, secondaries are largely doing a good job and they're looking for other opportunities. Once again, the backers are going to have to cover those running backs as they come out because that's the pressure valve. That's the release for this Aggies offense. If you take that away, plus you shut down, you know, the wideouts out there, they're going to be hard up. It's going to be really, really difficult, but you're going to have to take care of those guys who want to be in the middle of the field. Because if you don't, they're going to burn you on short yardage. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about was the Aggies defense. So the interesting thing about the UConn game is that they did not log a single sack. Not once did they sack the quarterback. And, you know, same thing for the Wildcats. We talked about this on Monday night. Wildcats did not sack, you know, the, the, the kid, um, Gannon Winker didn't get him once. Surprising, right? I think that kid's underrated, by the way. And I said that on Monday night. <laughs> yeah. But the other the flip side of that is no, no, no sacks. But the Aggie defense did log 11 TFLs for 29 yards. So do you guys think that? I mean, it's, it's a weird juxtaposition, right? Because they're not getting the quarterback down, but they are getting TFLs and a lot of them. 11 TFLs in that game. I mean, how do you see it? Do you think that there's Western, a fair bit of pressure on on Barron, or is he going to have options? I I hope there's not a ton of pressure just because of the way the offense is run. Coach Mantle's offense is quick, Close you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not meant for Bronson to sit back there for five seconds waiting for somebody to get open. It's it's meant for find the mismatch, take three steps, throw it there. 
Um, and when so, he did that, he was really good, right? We, when he was in there right. thinking too much, that's when we saw problems. But when he was right. quick and got those releases out, man, that was working. That's exactly it. So, so but I hope, no, I, I hope they don't have any sacks because that's also the thing about when you're playing an FBS school is, you know, size eventually just wins out and they get more pressure on the quarterback. So uh, if, if we can if we can keep our quick offense and not be having to get down to the second and third option and thinking too much, then yeah, we should, we should, we should do great there. Yeah. I mean, if, if Baron can execute on mentals offense, I think we will do great. But I mean, like you said, he, he, he can take his time sometimes and that's really just gonna, that's going to fall on them to make that work. But if we can execute that quick offense, I think we'll do great. Yeah, I think that that coupled with a good run game, and this is something I, we didn't say before, was that if the run game goes as well as we hope, it really, I think, creates more options for Baron in the pocket to say like, okay, they know that the Wildcats can run. And so if you've got play action, like that's really going to put them in a bind because they they really have to you know be kept honest with that run game being as successful as we hope it will be which should hopefully open up passing lanes to make some cool, you know, to make some progress through the air that we hope, but you never know. I mean, every game is different and this is a different kind of opponent. So final thoughts on the Aggies around the sky. Love that we're playing it. Love the, love when we play the in-state, in-state schools. They're fun. I, I, you know, I'm for <laughs> I'd, I'd rather the tax dollars stay in state. If we're going to pay, if we're going to pay teams to play, may as well keep them keep the money at home. I like it. Play local. Keep the tax dollars in the state. Love it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, few things better than watching a game at Stewart Stadium is being able to watch your Wildcats in state, or at least within a drive. So I'll I'll take this. I'm excited for the Aggies. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, folks, get to the game. It is not that far. Get your tickets, whether through the, the ticket office, you can go to WeberStateSports.com, or I, I don't know if the Alumni Association is still selling tickets. I mean, by the time you're hearing this, it's Saturday. So I don't know if they're going to be open, but get a ticket, go up there, support the Wildcats, um, you know, create a culture of showing up because that's what we're yeah. trying to do. There's not a valid enough excuse to miss this game. <laughs> yeah, and from what I understand, it's been really, really hot in Utah. So the weather in Logan on Saturday should be nice. It's supposed we're supposed to be in the eighties, which is great. We've all been waiting for that. Perfect. <laughs> not gonna not gonna brag a little bit, but it was eighty degrees in Angela. Yeah, but what was the humidity? It was a humidity percentage. Yeah, it was probably like forty percent. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> That's. That's terrible. <laughs> I was going to make that bad. <laughs> I mean, 40% is not that bad. Come on, guys. All right. Let's let's uh, let's fly around the sky, guys. So um, real quick, I'm going to take your picks. And I think that what we should do is we should keep track of our picks. And then we can sort of keep a running tally. And then we'll come up with some sort of prize at the end of the season. So so if you're keeping track at home, guys, write down what you what your picks are. And we'll, uh, we'll see who ends up. Uh, we'll, we'll provide a weekly update. So first up on the slate, trip to Bozeman to face Montana State. Who do you like? Yeah, it's 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 going to be the it's 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 going to be the Bobcats. Like they're going to they're going to whoop they're going to whoop Morehead State home game. Be great. Yeah, Morehead State's not a very good team. Um, the Bobcats are going to roll. I think. I mean, I'd love to see 
Montana State be challenged just a little bit instead of, you know, rolling past opponents. But if that's what they want to do, then go ahead. I, I mean, I'm going to have Montana State on this one. Uh, next, um, this is, I have to say, this is going to be a little bit of a tough week because a lot of FBS games are happening in the, in the conference this week. Um, Wildcats obviously are paying their money game. A lot of other schools are doing the same. So it's going to be a lot of like, yeah. So this first couple of weeks have been a little bit tough, but uh, we'll, we'll get to the meat of the schedule eventually. So next up on the schedule, South Dakota at Montana. So this is a Missouri Valley football conference slash big sky challenge. Who do you like, the Yotes or the Grizz? Yeah, I, uh, I South Dakota came here to Ogden a couple of years ago. They They're a good team. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good program. They're, they have not risen day. to – no, they were not. But <laughs> in general, they, are. they were ranked, I believe, that day. Weber was ranked lower, if I remember right. Um, they have not risen to the level of South Dakota State and North Dakota State or North Dakota, but they are the fourth school there. They're good. Uh, it's a home game on Tennessee. That's tough, right? We've always talked about the fact that Wash Chris is tough. And so, eh. Emily, what do you like? I mean, I don't ever like saying any of the Montana schools are going to win, but it's hard to say they won't, especially like Wash Grizz is a tough place to win on the road. But um, I, I guess I'll go with Montana because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> Yeah, we're keeping track, folks. So make picks, make them good. Uh, uh, next up, Vikings, Portland State taking the trip to Seattle to take on University of Washington, the Huskies. I mean, what are we doing here, folks? <laughs> well, I, Portland State gave San Jose State a game last week. Yeah, but San like, Jose they were State's in that. UW. Yeah, they're not. But they've been and, competitive recently in the Midwest. UW did lose to the Grizz last season, right? Right. Yes, which <laughs> leads me to believe they're not going to make that mistake again. And Portland State is not <laughs> is not Montana, despite what Coulter Nuanez likes to keep thinking and saying on Montana Sports Radio. Portland State is not a good program. I'm not sure why he keeps perpetuating that myth. But <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's gonna they're gonna lose. It'll be Washington. It's a good point. You know, Portland State is not Montana last season. Um, I don't care if it's on the road, like it's the Huskies. Emily, what about you? I mean, I was gonna say, like, I would have loved to see to see Wash I would love to see Washington lose to another big sky school. Um, but I just I don't think Portland State has it in them. I, I just don't. It's it's a it's just not going to happen. So with, with Davis Alexander, maybe, but not now. Mm, was Davis Alexander like a late season thing, or am I just thinking that up? I don't know, no, but maybe no, he, was nah, good. he was good. He was good throughout the season. Nah, he was the second yes, best passer in the good. conference after Barrier last they year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, season's he was over. A, I forget it all, <laughs> but watch. Davis Alexander was a good quarterback in a, in a bad program. Like he, he should have been playing somewhere different. Would have been had a lot of accolades. Like Ogden, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Ogden. Yes. Um, next game, Northern Colorado Bears head to Laramie to take on the Cowboys of Wyoming. Listen think here, guys. Here's the great thing about Northern Colorado. We talked about it on the game day show last week. Their game against Houston Baptist was. Bad. Essentially, the suck the suck fest trophy, and Northern Colorado managed to lose it. Thus showing, thus showing so far that all of the off season stuff that has gone on in Northern Colorado actually really happened because McCaffrey apparently really is that bad of a coach. 
so yeah, uh, if they if they cannot beat Houston Baptist, probably not going to beat Wyoming. But no, folks from Greeley close. have a hope. Folks from Greeley will have a all three of them that go will have a short drive back home. If you think that the Bears are going to win this game, lay off the weed. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Is it, is it legal in Wyoming? They, they need to be careful it's when they legal cross in the Colorado. Border. <laughs> just, just make sure you're you're covering yourself when you cross the border there. Emily, what about you? I mean, Northern Colorado is just—they're not good. They don't ever give us any reason to believe that they're good, and they constantly deliver that they're not good. They're just not good. So. Shout out to Weber State super fan Tom Lakey, who has been perpetuating truthfully because Tom is not really like sarc- sarcastic folk man. Like they might be the worst Division One team. Like they very well might be the worst team in Division One football. That's a very like fair statement, and for that reason, I, I mean, who wouldn't go Wyoming? But at least it's like you said. At least it's not a long ride home. I mean, who has the longer commute, us to Logan or them to Laramie? Now, that's a good question. That That might be the only thing they have. Open the tab right now. Yeah, that (laughs) might be the only thing they have us beaten, but I also don't know that. So we'll see. The one thing I will say about the Bears is when they had that Sermon kid in at quarterback, that was working. So if Ed can swallow his pride and start that Sermon kid, they might have some momentum. I mean, they've got a long way to go. They've got a lot to work through because they looked like the worst team in the conference. And like Tom Lakey has said, maybe one of the worst teams in the country. But with that sermon kid is under center, things can maybe happen for them. But I'm taking the pokes in this one. I don't think there's any doubt that Wyoming's going to win. But if Northern Colorado should almost beat the, the pokes in Laramie, maybe they'll go to the national championship game. Yeah, it's a, it's a start, right? <laughs> Anyway, uh, Greeley to Laramie is 96 miles, hour 45. Um, Ogden to Logan is 47 miles, 50 minutes. So, so they can't even beat us in that. They still have a longer commute. Longer commute. But more, I'm, sure they will, sure, I'm sure there will be no stops at any bars on the way in between Laramie <laughs> and Greeley. And nobody stays in Laramie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, let's go through the rest of these really quick. San Diego at Cal Poly. Interesting. Um, This is our Houston Baptist versus Northern Colorado of of this week. I'm I'm, I'm frankly excited for Poly to see if they can string together a few drives. I'm going for Poly. I trust Bo Bo. He's going to be. Uh, what are they? The, the Toreros? Is that what they are? San Diego? Toreros. I'm, yeah. I'm with you, Colby. I'm, I'm, I'm put me down for Polly as well. Put me down for Polly. Emily? I mean, I do love a good in-state game, but there's a lot of schools in uh, California, so I don't know if they have the same feelings we do as in-state for Utah, but I, I'll I'll take Cal Poly because why not? All right. We're all going Polly. Uh, next up, Northern Arizona takes on the Bearcats of Sam Houston State, the former national champions. How you like NAU? A strangely FCS versus FBS matchup now. Yeah, um, yeah. Sam Houston, Sam Houston's going to win that. Northern Arizona did not uh, show well last week against Arizona State. ASU. Yeah, ASU's tough, but yeah, man, I'm taking Sam Houston because also they're going FBS this season, so they're going to have more scholarships. That plays a factor, right? And NAU's not that good, so 
Taking the Bearcats. Emily? Yeah, I think it's unfair to compare their, well, maybe with Sam Houston going to FBS. I don't know. ASU is like not the best game to, you know, compare NAU, but I'll just take Sam Houston because NAU on the road, I don't think we'll do as well as NAU at home. Weird things happen in the walk-up Sky Dome. I'm all saying that. Uh, next up, guys, Idaho taking for the final time an FBS payout, going back to Bloomington to take on Indiana. What do you like? Yeah, that'll be Indiana. They played them tough. And listen, like I, props to Idaho. Like when our when our fellow Big Sky Podcast Network Brian Marceau, I thought he was being sarcastic when he kept tweeting that Idaho was up on Wazoo. Like I, I was like, this isn't real, is it? And it was, and totally was. I don't play it good. I, I can't see how coach Eck has turned it around that quick up there, but maybe he has. Culture's a big thing, man. And he's like, I know from the moment he came in, like the first time he had anything, you could tell he was excited to be Idaho's coach from moment one. And he was all about energizing everything. And, creating a culture and I genuinely for Idaho's sake hope that they that they just take Idaho. and run with it. Just Idaho. Excuse me. Idaho. Gosh dang, that's terrible. Idaho State, they don't they they don't I don't even know why they're they got there. their own problems. I agree though. Coach Eck, good good energy. I think that he's gonna make Idaho a top team in the in the conference, which is gonna be really good for the conference. Um I actually I'm gonna I'm getting plucky guys. I'm taking Idaho in this game. Emily, what about you? Indiana is one of those schools where I feel like they could at lose. Home. Yeah, but at home, they have a pretty, I mean, it's like the Midwest. Like, they have a big yeah. fan base, a dedicated fan base. And sure. if they can go in and win, by all means, but I'm going to go Indiana. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if Washington State good, like, I don't pay attention to the Pac-12 like I should. Like, they're not, they're, they're not great, but they're. You know, like they were decent last year. They they had a run. They had a they had a run. They were middle of the pack. Um, I mean, I wasn't surprised that those are like those are close. Idaho and uh, Washington State. They're they're close. You know, there's going to be maybe a little bit of a rivalry there. I'm glad it was a close game, but I'm still going to go Indiana. Okay, I'm gonna go look just for for recreational purposes. I want to go see what the line is on this game. Yeah, I've been waiting for the line on the Weber game all week. Still not in bed MGM. Got to check tonight. Um, let's go through the rest of these real quick, guys. We have three left. Idaho State at San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State. Aztecs. <laughs> even, though, even though the Aztecs look, Aztecs look terrible last week, but Idaho yeah, State is. But, like, it's Idaho State, man. They're, just they're more terrible. Right now. Yeah. When has the last time Idaho State delivered? Like, was it? I still think the UC, the UC Davis game was out of luck. I know. I know so. what Colin's going to say here. <laughs> I don't think they the, the Idaho game. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They, they well, beat Idaho. And the, and the one time they, the one time they really delivered is the year they won a national championship, and that's who knows how it happened. Does that? That's, that's, uh, it counts, but it's annoying. Dude, right. It is. Eastern, Eastern goes to Eugene to take on the Ducks. The Ducks got embarrassed last week by Georgia. I think they're going to be they're hungry. Gonna, they're going to take it out on you. Iwu, though, I mean, what was that? That Talkington kid against TSU last week against Tennessee State, he looked good. Really good. Looks like, you know, Iwu's doing what Iwu does. They train quarterbacks up, and that it's, doesn't seem to be any different. I would, I would imagine, oh, oh, this game starts at 6.30. I, I was hoping it'd be one of the late-night games where it's one of those ones where we're looking at halftime, and it's like 
38 to 35 and then mm. you know Oregon walks away with it in the second half right like that's that, that's the ideal scenario here I use that that's the the, the the late night west coast crazy game yeah. Emily who you like Ewu can look as good as they want I mean quarterbacks that's the thing they do but I think I think Oregon has to you know find themselves again and they're going to take it out against Ewu yeah. I mean, they do have a new coach, right? Because Mario Cristobal left, went down to back to Coral Gables, I should say, to take on the head coaching job at the University of Miami. So Eugene's in a weird spot, but it's also the University of Oregon, man. So like, I think Iwu is going to put up a fight. They're probably going to put up points because that's what Iwu does. But uh, I got Oregon on this one. And then finally, most interesting game on the slate, I think. UC Davis at South Dakota State, another MVFC versus Big Sky Challenge game. Do you like the Jacks or do you like the Aggies? Um, because can't hear you, Chappy. How did how did how did there become a challenge and why don't we get to play? Like wh- why aren't we playing we have, at Valley School? We have played. The last time we played was in 2019 when we faced Northern Iowa, I believe. And then we should have played again in 2020. We were supposed to go back to Iowa to play, but COVID, that game didn't happen and we didn't play last year. And we didn't play this year either. So maybe next year, I got to check the schedule. But anyway, who are you taking, Chappie? Yeah, it's it's so (laughs) South Dakota State, like, legitimately had a chance to beat Iowa last week if they could have done like anything on offense and not give yeah. up somehow two bad. safeties. They were bad. But I was big. Um, if, if this game, if this game was in California, I, I would be tempted to take Davis, but it being at home and being at it being Brookings, I'm going to take SDSU. I, yeah. they were not good last week though. They, I mean, they played, they were playing a Iowa team, nationally Iowa team, but they, yeah. The Aggies were competitive against Cal. They were. Yes, they were. Emily, what about you? Um, I like want to say UC Davis, but for the same reason where they're on the road, I I would be very surprised if they actually won that. So I have to go with SDSU. I'm taking the Jackrabbits as well. Yeah, so, I mean, there's not much of an argument there. I mean, I think it might be close. It, it is the most interesting game, uh, but... I just think yeah, they're going to get it done. This, this, uh, this is a Saturday at five o'clock mountain. That's a, that's a, that's a turn that game on. Yeah. That game Wherever. will be on ESPN plus, which is what's so great about ESPN plus is the Valley's on there. The big sky's on there. A lot of, a lot of FCS schools are on there. So it's great to watch. I was watching way, Martin versus Missouri state before I came up to do this show. That was a fun game. ESPN plus is great. By the way, no, no, no ESPN plus or anything for Utah state. That, that could be correct. Yeah. Mountain West Network. Yeah. So because it's, it's not broadcasted. So yeah. So I mean they're fine. Website. Like it's not the worst, but like I think we all prefer ESPN Plus. But I think I, I went through them for the volleyball at UNLV and it was fine. It could be better, but so is it still will be on Facebook. I don't know. Mm, just, go to the game, just go to their website. Just go to the games. <laughs> just go to the game. That is the way to solve that. Is the way to solve that problem. Just go to the game. I mean, like I said, there's not a valid enough excuse not to go to the game. So, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, quick look at the upcoming schedule. Saturday, September 10th. Today at Utah State, 5 p.m. Just go to the game. I'm not even going to tell you where to find it. Just go to the game. 
Saturday, September 17th, uh, Wildcats back at home at Stewart Stadium to take on Utah Tech. Uh, 6 p.m., Stewart Stadium. Just go to the game. Or if you're like me, we're watching it on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, then Saturday, September 24th, Wildcats taking the trip out to Davis to take on the Aggies. Uh, that game will be at 8 p.m. It'll be on ESPN+. Plus. We'll probably do some kind of watch party on Twitter. Watch for that. And then Saturday, October 8th, we'll have a bye week. Then Saturday, October 8th, I think this is the homecoming game. Um, uh, Eastern Washington takes the trip down to um, Stewart Stadium, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Go to the game. It's the homecoming game, I believe. So just go to it because homecoming games are fun. Or if you're me, then you're going to watch it on ESPN Plus because that's actually, I don't know, man. That's my daughter's birthday. Let's see what happens there. Might might, might, Might be at a party. So, uh, wrap up the show. Weber State Weekly, gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and the blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. We have our grades up. Our panel, or some of our Weber State Weekly uh, panelists, put together their grades uh, for the Western Oregon game. That's on the blog right now. You can go and read it. WeberStateWeekly.com. Check it out. Uh, I want to thank you, Chappie and Emily, for doing the game day show with me this week. Um, go to the game, guys. Let me know how it is. Wrap up the show like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great, great. Great. Great, great. Go Wildcats. Oh!